Good day and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson and as always, I'm really glad you've decided to join us. Of the nine people who were hoping to challenge Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan's re-election bid this year, former De- Deputy Mayor Anthony Adams is the candidate who earned enough votes in the primary to make it onto the November ballot. Adams is, of course, the former deputy mayor for Kwame Kilpatrick. He also previously served as executive assistant to Mayor Coleman Young, was a board member and general counsel for Detroit Public Schools, and was interim director of the Detroit Water and Sewage Department. Adams joins me now to talk about his candidacy and why he thinks it's time for a change in Detroit's mayor's office. Uh, Anthony Adams, welcome back to Detroit Today. You there, Anthony? Yes, uh, I'm uh, here. There you are. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. That's it. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for being here. So, first of all, congratulations on uh, 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 making it through the primary and there onto the November ballot to challenge uh, Mayor Mike Duggan. I want to give you just a, a couple minutes up front to tell our listeners why you're running for mayor, and uh, those of our listeners who live in the city why you think they should vote for you. Well, uh, I'm running because uh, we need we need a transformational leader, one who understands that we've got to put people first before profits, that we have to invest in our neighborhoods, and we have to invest in the people who actually live in our neighborhoods. Uh, we spend a lot of time on uh, tax abatements and tax captures and building up and creating a, a nice downtown. But now is really, really, really time to turn our attention to making sure that people can actually stay in their homes. Uh, too many people have lost their homes as a result of tax foreclosure. Uh, too many Detroiters are unable to fix up their homes because there are no programs that are designed to assist them. Uh, too many people are being forced out because of high water rates or high tax rates. And we need someone who understands that these types of problems uh, must be addressed and they have to be addressed at 911 time. Uh, we also need someone who understands and is committed to improving the overall quality of life of the, of the city. We need a city, quite frankly, that works for everyone and uh, not for the privileged class, not for the rich, not for the connected uh, or the mayor's friends, but someone who understands that the, the, the common man in our community needs a lot of attention and we need to do that quick, fast and in a hurry. Mm. So uh, this is the message that you've uh, been putting out there since you got into the race for mayor. Uh, and when we talked before the primary, you said, again, the people in the neighborhoods outside of downtown are desperately calling for a change in direction. But in that primary, Mayor Duggan won 72 percent of the vote. And that was with nine people challenging him on the ballot. You came in second with 10 percent of the vote. Uh, so how do you explain Duggan winning such a large majority if, as you say, there's this groundswell of Detroiters who really want something different? Well, I really don't waste any time on what happened in the primary. It, it was what it was. Uh, the general election is a new race, quite frankly. And given the lack of attention uh, that was given uh, by the media 
and focusing on this race. I've had a much better time of getting my information and my platform out to people in the community. The reality is that we've only had 14% of the people who actually voted in the primary, respecting a much larger number in the, in the general election because the message is resonating. Everything that I have talked about on this campaign uh, since the primary, they've reacted to. And so when I went down, for example, and complained about DTE and the lack of service in Detroit, lo and behold, they announced plans to, to, uh, to correct the service deficiencies in the city. When I complained about the absence of, of programs that are designed to assist Detroiters in staying in their home, lo and behold, uh, they try to create a program, I think very badly designed to provide some relief for taxpayers in the city of Detroit. Uh, when we complain about the lack of, of, of good policing in the city of Detroit, uh, they announced uh, community programs that are supposed to be designed uh, to work uh, in our neighborhoods. The reality is that every issue that I have uh, spoken to, they've attempted to address, which means they're actually listening to what I'm saying. And so they're responding more to me than I'm responding to them. Hmm. And we will see what the numbers say uh, when this election is finally called out. I don't believe that the gap is as wide as people would like to report. Uh, there certainly is a great spin job going on about the sort of the inevitability of my opponent's victory. But the reality is that we won't know until November the 2nd. And I'm very confident that my message is resonating. We're picking up more and more support every day. Hmm. So uh, when I spoke with Mayor Duggan on Mackinac Island last month, uh, we talked about his refusal to debate you. Uh, first, I want to play a little bit of that exchange and uh, and have you react to it. Now, eight years ago, I debated Benny Napoleon. Four years ago, I debated uh, Senator Coleman Young. They had ideas, positive ideas for the city that I disagreed with, but we debated. This campaign has been nothing but spewing hate. It's been us versus them, and it's been venom. Uh, and I will not give a platform for hate. I don't mm. think there's any place for it. I'm not going to support it. And I'm hopeful after the results come in that four years from now, whoever's running, uh, that this uh, spewing of hate and, and pitting people against each other will be gone from Detroit once and for all. Okay, so I want to say up front that I really disagree with the mayor's <laughs> assessment there of of the debating question. Um, and and I you know I'm somebody who who really believes that we ought to have candidates uh, get together and discuss the issues in 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 every election. So I, I just don't I don't support yeah. his position on this. But I do want to get your reaction to to what he said there, and specifically to what he's saying about your campaign. He's saying it's about hate speech and that it lacks positive ideas for the city of Detroit. What's your what's your answer? Well, I think it's a bunch of bull, quite frankly. Uh, when I talk about ideas about how we change, for example, the green conservation infrastructure in the city of Detroit, it is a positive idea and quite frankly, it's starkly different uh, from their failure to stop the flooding in our communities. When I talk about how we create more affordable housing and using our affordable housing dollars, it's a creative approach rather than a subsidized approach to building uh, luxury apartments in downtown Detroit. Uh, when I talk about community policing, I'm talking about interventional strategies that are designed to address uh, the systemic issues of poverty uh, and lack of education in our community. And so, you know, he's been given a pass, quite frankly, on how he characterizes things. Uh, there is nothing of the sort 
that I've talked about in my campaign other than criticizing his failure of leadership in a number of areas. And so when we talk about water affordability and his, and his uh, program designed to cut people's water off, that's a true fact. When I talk about the fact that people have lost their housing as a result of overtaxation and overassessment, that's a fact. That has nothing to do with what he tries to characterize. The guy, quite frankly, is very thin-skinned and likes cheerleaders and people who would cheer him on. I'm not here to cheer him on. I'm here to deconstruct his policies and create a city that works for everyone and stay on message in that regard. I'm talking with uh, Anthony Adams, a former deputy mayor of Detroit and current candidate for Detroit mayor. We're talking about his campaign to become the mayor of Detroit, to unseat Mike Duggan, who is seeking a third term uh, as mayor. We'd love to hear from you during the conversation, too. Do you have questions uh, for Detroit mayoral candidate Anthony Adams? Do you think the city needs new leadership and a different direction uh, in the mayor's office? Uh, Also, give us a sense of what you make of the last eight years that uh, Mike Duggan has been mayor here in Detroit. Has the city moved in a positive direction or do you think we're kind of stuck uh, in in the mud and maybe not making the kind of progress, especially in neighborhoods, uh, that we desperately need? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET uh, Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And uh, and we'll try to work you into the conversation that way. Uh, Anthony, I want to go back just for a second to what the mayor said about your campaign. And, and I don't want to obviously speak for the mayor. He can speak for himself. But I think what he what one of the things he was trying to say was that the message of your campaign uh, is one of division uh, and, and one that pits uh, some Detroiters against others. Uh, maybe rich against poor, white against black, and that uh, he believes that that the time for that in Detroit has passed. That 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 voters are uh, focusing on on something else, and he wants to focus on something else. So I I wonder if you can directly address that criticism. Well, I think you know he. First of all, I don't accept this criticism. I mean, he's a guy who runs from me who doesn't want to stand on the stage and debate his policy. And that's really the core crux of what uh, he's trying to avoid. He doesn't like critical examination because he's been given a pass for so long. But let's look at systemic racism issues that exist in the city of Detroit today. Mm -hmm. There was a recent study which announced that blacks were denied mortgages at 40 percent more, two times uh, what white applicants are denied. Mm -hmm. That is a message of systemic racism, which he will not speak to because he doesn't understand it. When you talk about uh, the lack of educational opportunities in our city and the fact that our schools lag woefully behind uh, in every metric known to man, uh, he doesn't want to address that because it's too painful, because it doesn't paint the vision of how he wants Detroit to be perceived. Uh, When you talk about pitting the rich against poor, clearly that has been done when you look at how tax captures and abatements are being used in our city. And now we have a situation where our libraries are not open. We have six libraries open in a city of this size because tax captures and abatements are stripping needed dollars away from 
the people who actually need those resources the most. And then we have a school system uh, which is being underfunded in part because of tax captures and abatement, which is stripping money away from our education of our children. And so there are there are people are being pitted against one another. The rich are being pitted against the poor because resources that should be devoted into our community to build up educational resources to to have fully functioning libraries are not being done. And these policies need to be addressed. And so there is a division. There is a racial division uh, in the city of Detroit in terms of how black businesses are treated versus white businesses. This is this, These are real issues. And if we don't confront them now, uh, the narrative that they would like to paint about Detroit uh, will become a false narrative. Mm -hmm. There is a reason why the Detroit uh, Future Cities report indicated that every metric known to man in terms of how you measure the economic vitality of the city, we've lost middle-income neighborhoods. Our children's learning uh, issues are, are go uh, unchecked. Uh, crime is out of control. These are real issues, and if he doesn't want to talk about them, that's fine. But I'm here to talk about these issues and offer creative solutions for how they want to be addressed. There is a reason why this guy doesn't want to debate the most qualified candidate that he has ever faced in his entire life. Hmm. Former deputy mayor, former executive assistant to a mayor, former general counsel of a major school system, elected school board president, interim director of the water department, former law clerk to a federal a district court judge. I have the credentials, I have the intellect, and I have the insight and the connection with the community that I believe we need to move hmm. our city forward. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here uh, on the phones if you have questions for Anthony Adams, who is uh, uh, the challenger to Mayor Mike Duggan on the November ballot. Uh, before we get to listeners, we got a couple calls that I, I do want to mix into the into the conversation, but I, I, I want to get your assessment of the auto insurance overhaul that was signed last year, which the mayor, the current mayor championed and worked really hard uh, to try to get passed in Lansing. There are a lot of people who say it hasn't delivered what it should have delivered in terms of savings for Detroiters and that uh, people are being left vulnerable because of uh, the lack of coverage that comes with some of the, the options that people have now. I, I, I wonder if you think we ought to go back at that issue, and if so, how would you how would you uh, produce a different outcome? Well, well, clearly we need to go back to that issue because now what we have is a sort of I call it a form of insurance apartheid, uh, where where benefits and programs that are offered to people who live in Detroit are dramatically different and have left a lot of people exposed and has really terminated a lot of coverage, in, especially in the area of long term care and how people are being addressed. This is something that we have to go back to the legislature and address. There was a great kind job that was run on the public about the benefits of what this program would offer. And at the end of the day, it was a band-aid approach and hasn't produced the level of reduction that, that Detroiters actually need in their insurance. And so I think we, there is a legislative solution that clearly is, is needed. It probably won't occur until the Michigan uh, Redistricting Commission sort of resets districts and we have much more equitable distribution uh, of an electoral base hmm. that is not heavily skewed uh, to, um, I would call it right-wing reactionary politics, which are not helping further the climate of the state of Michigan. So we clearly need to go back at it. 
Uh, they need to deconstruct the sales job that was done on the people, and people need to speak up and demand that there be further reform uh, in this insurance system. Uh, do you are you someone who thinks we ought to rethink the no fault system altogether? Well, I mean, I, sure, we certainly need to rethink it um, because we've been at this for so long, and Detroiters have paid an enormously a high cost of for insurance in in our city. Um, the sort of the thought leaders that we need on that is what is the, the best way to provide for equitable insurance uh, across the board, uh, recognizing that people have different needs, different wants and different desires. How can we structure and require insurance packages in our state which provide the relief unnecessary? There certainly is not a one size fits all approach, but there should be a cafeteria approach to what people are offered and the services that the state requires insurance providers to do in the state of Michigan. This is a state issue. Uh, it's a climate issue. And if we don't address it from that perspective and provide equity for the people who live here, the people in the city of Detroit will continue to pay a high cost of insurance uh, for, for, for services or zip code still, uh, because the zip code that I live in, actually, uh, my insurance is low because I'm tied, we're tied to Gross Point on the east side of the city of Detroit. It shouldn't be that way. People should... It should be based on what your risk and what your exposure is, and we need to change and correct that system. Mm. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to uh, Helena in Detroit. Helena, welcome to the show. Helena, you probably got to turn your radio down there. Are you there, Helena? Are you there, Elena? <laughs> <laughs> she was listening, but she yeah. wasn't listening to the phone. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I also want to want to ask you, Anthony, uh, about uh, the relationships that uh, we need in Lansing to get things done here in Detroit. Uh, the mayor's been really focused on on some of those things. Um, but uh, what what do you bring to that uh, to that uh, dynamic? Well, I mean, I'm a guy who is a person who who, who gets deals done. Uh, you know, I've had to work with the legislature uh, on a number of different issues throughout my career, and don't have any fear uh, of going to Lansing uh, and and working things out. I mean, the reality is that most of the funding formulas that come out of Lansing are a formula-based approach based on population, based on needs. So there's nothing special, uh, if you will, that you get from simply being uh, being my opponent because those formulas are set uh, by state law and by statute. I don't know, quite frankly, what we've gotten extra based on his relationship. If his, if his crowning glory is this insurance reform package, then I think he's failed miserably and, quite frankly, sold the people out in the city of Detroit and sold them a bill of goods with respect to insurance reform. Uh, these are difficult relationships, and we know given how the state has been a district, uh, it is skewed against policies that will be favorable for the city of Detroit. I don't think we're going to see a major change in that until we actually redistrict in this state to balance out and equalize the district so that we have a better distribution of people throughout our state uh, to provide uh, adequate and equitable uh, representation for the people who live in the city. Yeah, uh, Let's go back to the phones here. Kim in Jefferson Chalmers. Kim, what's on your mind? Hello. Hi. Go ahead, Kim. Kim. Hello? Yep, um, go ahead, Kim. Yes, I just wanted to ask. Um, 
how does uh, Mr. Adams respond to um, claims and threads across next door that state that he's promising to fix things in the city that he has no actual authority to fix in the city, as with um, his claims on what he plans to do with Great Lakes Water Authority. Hmm. Uh, great question, Kim. I, I can't say that I've seen those threads uh, on next door, but I'm glad you have, and I'm glad you called and and asked about them. Uh, Anthony, what about oh, some yeah, of the things I that love, you're promising? I love, I love Go ahead. And I, and I love it because you know the whisper campaign against me about what I'm promising um, is, is 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 interesting. So, for example, let's deal with the issue of flooding in Jefferson County. Mm-hmm. What I've suggested is that part of the issue and part of the problem is that we allow too much stormwater uh, runoff to go into our sewer system. And so what I've suggested is that we need to actually create green conservation districts by changing very simple things. For example, the way that our curbs are designed, they're designed to force water into the sewer system. I'm saying that we have we have numerous parks in our city, especially on the east side, that we could begin to divert and reduce the flow of stormwater and runoff into our system. That is a part of, a, of an approach in how you address the issue of flooding. What I've also suggested is that there's been very uh, inadequate maintenance of our sewer system in the city of Detroit. And a major issue as to why we're having flooding is because we have collapsed sewer lines throughout the city, especially on the east side of the city of Detroit. And so what I've suggested is that, one, we have to go out and be aggressive in vacuum-sucking our sewer system. And then we have to run cameras through these systems to see where our sewers have collapsed to to fix collapsed sewers. Again, a very simple approach to a very complex problem, but it will yield results because if we, in fact, reduce the level of collapsed sewers throughout the city of Detroit, we're going to reduce actually the level of flooding. I've also called for giving uh, businesses, especially those that have a large concrete payment, that they need to construct a water detention basins on their own sites and facilities. They need to be given credit for doing that, which will allow us to divert and take more storm water out of the system. Those are three simple things that are not promises that are easy fixes. The more complicated issue does involve making sure that the um, Oakland and Macomb in particularly uh, construct more stormwater retention sewer systems upstream from the city of Detroit. That is a Great Lakes regional water issue. Mm-hmm. We allowed us to announce that we will be suing them to deconstruct that bill because we think it was illegal because even though we were under emergency management and emergency management could not override the uh, authorization that was needed from the citizens of Detroit uh, to transfer a long-term lease of our system uh, to suburban communities. And so those are easy things to do. People seem to think that the simple uh, isn't isn't possible, but that is how we need to move our direction. People need to get out of their minds. We need these hugely big things to do. And let's focus on the little things, Uh, the stormwater runoff in our parks, uh, water detention uh, basins uh, on, on large businesses, fixing collapsed sewer lines, uh, vacuum sucking our, our catch basins. It would do a tremendous amount to impact the level of water flow in the city. And it's a very simple solution that can be enacted. But if you understand how the system works mm-hmm. as being former interim director of that system, when it was a regional water system, mm-hmm. these are simple fixes to do. Okay, uh, Anthony Adams, former deputy mayor and current challenger to Mayor Mike Duggan. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, good luck during the rest of the campaign. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate the time you've given me to uh, lay out my platforms and vision for the city. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, we're going to talk with historian and author Dr. Keisha N. Blaine about her new book, Until I Am Free, Fannie Lou Hamer's Enduring Message to America, a really critical message right now, given the discussions and the debates that we are having all over this country about voting and voting rights. You don't want to miss this conversation. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.